Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'm going to be commenting over episode 1 of Spy Family. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. Alright, so this is an anime I have been very excited about. I started reading the manga probably a couple months ago, and I'm all caught up on it. You know, it's great stuff, I really like it. Although I gotta say, I'm kind of iffy on the CG for that car. That was kind of ugly, although I get why generally they do CG for vehicles these days. But that aside, you know, if that's like the worst thing about this anime, no biggie. I'm definitely excited to see everything animated. I'd imagine we're probably only going to get the first chapter animated in this episode, at most. You know, the first chapter is pretty long. There's a lot of exposition and stuff that goes into it, but I can't imagine they'd only adapt half of that chapter, considering there isn't like a good stopping point midway through, and considering how much of it is foundational to the rest. Alright, so here's a nifty little scene right here. We're introduced to the main character, the spy known as Twilight, and how he's essentially a master of disguise and subterfuge as he switches between secret identities and personalities. You know, he was just disguised as that crooked politician to intercept some blackmail. Now he's pretending to be some upper-class fop to date. I don't know, some sort of, like, upper-class daughter. Of course, it would seem that now that his mission's done, he can just dump her freely. Now, I really... I really just like the setting of Spy Family. It reminds me a lot of, like, Cold War, you know, 60s era sort of stuff. And if you can see that sign that briefly flashed across the screen saying Berlint, you know, it really strikes me as the conflict between East Germany and West Germany and all the tensions and stuff like that. I'm not exactly a history major or anything, but I do know a little bit, and I find it quite interesting. It's a good setting for spy thrillers and stuff like that. So now we have the first wrinkle here. Twilight's new mission isn't one he can do by himself. He's going to have to find a wife and a kid. And given the tight timeline, he can't exactly make one organically, so he's going to have to pull a couple strings to get things together. It seems to me that this is the first time where he's been given a mission that he can't directly influence all of it. It it adds an interesting element of uncertainty, especially considering he's already shown himself to be 
reasonably competent as a spy. So, naturally, being the master spy he is, he more or less takes all of this in stride and begins preparing for the operation. You know, he sets up an apartment, he makes sure it's got ideal fittings for a spy, you know, an escaper, things like that. Sets up a false identity, gets everything prepared. So it seems like the first thing he's going to do is to adopt a kid from a rather shady-looking orphanage. You know, that would make sense to go to a shady orphanage, because if if the whole place has, you know, boarded-up windows and is just entirely in disarray, it would make sense that they also probably don't keep especially meticulous records of all the orphans. And an orphan with an ill-defined past makes it that much easier to falsify a past. So interestingly enough, the uh, proprietor of the orphanage seems very keen on offloading Anya. And it seems like we're starting to learn why, you know. It's apparent that something isn't quite above board with Anya, you know. She seems like she's, um... Acting and performing to appear as though she's the ideal candidate for adoption. So just like that, Anya's ruse works. And as simply as that, the proprietor just wants to get rid of her. No paperwork, no nothing. Anya is out of his hair. So now we sort of learn what we had already suspected. Anya, as it turns out, is able to read minds. So that's how she was sort of able to bluff that crossword puzzle. This is the start of a great setup for a farce. And that's part of what I really, really like about Spy Family. It's the inherent absurdity that leads to comedy. You know, Lloyd, as he calls himself, is a spy, but he doesn't tell anyone. Anya is a psychic, but she can't let anyone know that either. But she knows her father's a spy. Naturally, being a curious child, you know, she wants to help. She thinks it's really cool, but it's obviously much too dangerous for her. So, in a way, she has to be covert in how she helps out. 
it's very wholesome, you know, like, I can't think of many anime where it's got, like, an intact family that do things, which isn't to say that Lloyd, Anya, and later Lloyd's pretend wife are an actual family unit, they're sort of a makeshift family, but nonetheless, I don't know, no other anime really springs to mind. I also like how Lloyd just sort of dismisses Anya's request for a silenced pistol by saying, you know, if there's one on sale, sure. You know, he knows full well there isn't going to be one, but he doesn't just say no. I guess it's kind of nice. Well, no, because I mean he's lying. I guess that's an indication as to his um, status as a spy that he lies about, like, even little things. So now we have Anya reading minds and... I guess, attempting to facilitate world peace as best as she understands. Of course, being a particularly small child, she's also sort of tipping her hand and showing that she might not be entirely as intelligent as she had pretended earlier. I think the whole setup offers a nice juxtaposition, because to Lloyd, Anya is just a rather difficult child who he can't really get a good read on, but from Anya's perspective, the very safety of the world is at stake, and she's doing everything in her power to help. You know, this is probably, like, one of the golden rules of how to set up a farce. You know, two characters with contradictory goals and secrets who both have to maneuver around each other. So here we have an example of what's going on. You know, both Anya and Lloyd stop just short of revealing their hand that bigger things are at stake here. You know, Anya almost blurted out that she can read people's minds. Lloyd almost mentioned the mission. So they're sort of stuck where they can't really come to an understanding because not all the information is on the table. Of course, Anya also, she sort of also thinks that uh, Lloyd's playing, even though he's really serious, but, you know, he can't really effectively communicate that.
Right, so now we're introduced to Frankie. Frankie is, I guess, an associate of Twilight's. He's sort of like an informant. He kind of does, like, whatever the plot demands, really. But uh, Frankie's the MVP. You know, when the chips are down, you can count on Frankie to come through and help out. He's a good guy. So interestingly, he has in fact managed to dig up a bit about Anya, and as fate would have it, she's already been adopted and returned to the orphanage no less than four times. So it seems like Lloyd's experiences with her are not unique. She seems to be somewhat difficult, probably as a result of being able to read minds. So, as fate would have it, Lloyd's efforts to secure his tools of the trade end up being his downfall unwittingly, as Anya can read his mind. She knows how to open the combination safe, and it would seem as though she has begun toying with a radio transmitter. So this is another one of those instances where the fact that she's a child really plays into things because it's just a matter of she doesn't know. You know, she wouldn't know anything about cryptography or using ciphers on broadcast communication. So she just transmits a message saying, essentially, tag Urit using Western frequencies so they can identify it's the enemy and they read the plain text. Anya doesn't realize that she's essentially painted a big target on everyone's back. You know, at this point, she's more worried about, oh dear, she's made a mess playing with all this stuff. She better clean it up before Lloyd finds out. Of course, what she doesn't realize is that there are other, much more dangerous people who have found out. So almost immediately, Lloyd notices that something is probably up. Things weren't left exactly as he had left them. And it's because of that forewarning and his superb skills in general that he's able to dispatch these assailants with minimal difficulty. Unfortunately, those two guys were just waiting for him. Anya's already been taken. Of course, that's not entirely his top priority. Initially, his top priority is that, you know, they know he's a spy, his cover's been blown. So cutting over to Anya, she sort of realized the gravity of the situation. She realizes that playing around with the communication device was part of the issue. 
And she also notices that this guy, having a silenced pistol, must in fact be a real villain. So in a sense, that Spy Wars TV show she was watching is becoming a little too real. So it would seem like Twilight has been taken captive as well. You know, things aren't looking particularly good. But, of course, we have to remember Twilight is a master of disguise. So curiously, we're stuck with the situation where Anya knows that it's Lloyd who's rescued her. But he doesn't know she knows. And in fact, he wouldn't suspect that she knows. We're treated to a very brief bit of backstory and motivation for Lloyd. Presumably he had been orphaned in a war, and so the safety of children is of paramount importance to him. Naturally, he doesn't want others to go through what he did. So he still has to keep up his disguise for Anya's sake. You know, he concocts a lie about it being a game of tag. Anya obviously can see right through the lie. And knowing what he's planning, you know, she doesn't necessarily want to go through with it because it would just get her adopted somewhere else. So at this point, Lloyd is playing for keeps. It wasn't clear exactly when he had the time to set up a booby trap, but he's taking full advantage of it to take out all of the henchmen. The fact that he's invoking this guy's daughter's name proves that he's really not fooling around here. He's making it clear exactly how much he knows about her, considering that he was dating her for a little while. You know, he's really sort of using her as leverage. You know, I know you love your daughter, so butt out, basically. So once again, Lloyd has to uh, continue lying because he can't let Anya know about the conversation he had with her. 
Of course, Anya doesn't want to worry him inordinately either, and let him know she knows, so she has to sort of stick to the lie, too. So now that little bit of history Frankie dug up really starts to weigh in on Lloyd's mind, because while sending her to live somewhere else might be better for her nominally, she really wants to live with him, and, you know, he can't in good conscience just dump her on somebody else. She's already been through that so much. So now we have the last major plot point of this chapter. Anya is now taking the entrance exam into that big fancy academy. She was sort of banking on reading other kids' minds, but all the other kids are absolutely terrified about this test, so she's forced to rely on the studying she did with Lloyd. And as it turns out, that might have been just enough. Anya managed to make it into the Academy on her own merits. So finally, we're presented with a couple more issues. One, Lloyd seems to be losing his focus. And two, both parents 
must attend the interview for the school, without exception. And so far, Lloyd doesn't have a wife. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.